Now, it's time for Modern Money Donuts with Stephen Hale and Gabrielle Bond. Hi everyone, I'm Gabrielle Bond and welcome to Modern Money Donuts. Just before we start today, I thought I'd give a shout out to my partner Alex, who uh, is the musician who played um, the introduction piece that you might have heard just a few seconds ago. It's Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. If you know anything about classical music, you'll probably recognize that straight away. Um, Alex is a pianist and he has done a lot of uh, recordings online. Um, he used to do uh, live concerts quite often, but has switched to a more sort of online, uh, online creative uh, output now. So you can check out his work at hanysz.net. So Alexander Hannis is his name and he's a pianist. And if you want to hear more of his music, um, you can check out his website. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, my name's Gabrielle Bond, as I said, I'm an organiser with the Sustainable Prosperity Action Group here in Adelaide in South Australia. And I'm also a director of Modern Money Lab. And I'm with my co-host, Stephen Hale. How are you going, Stephen? I'm fine. How are you, Gabby? Yeah, good. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm an adjunct associate professor at Torrens University in South Australia. If you have been listening to previous or watching previous shows, you might wonder why I keep mentioning Torrens University. We'll say a little bit more about that in a few minutes' time. Yes, we have some quite good news today, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, so today uh, we'd like to start with a video, actually, that um, Kate Rayworth shared on Twitter. Um, and this video is really beautiful. It's about the stories we tell ourselves as humans and how our connection with the, the vast web of life that, that sustains us has become fragmented as our economy is based on exploiting and destroying nature. And this video asks, how might our stories help design an economy in service to life? So, yep, hopefully we'll be able to just watch that together. is in trouble. As a species, we are facing multiple crises that we can no longer ignore. At the root of them all is our economy. An economy designed to destroy life. An economy designed by us. Once upon a time, our ancestors acknowledged their intimate connection with the vast web of life. They lived in deep relationship with the more than human world, telling stories about nature as our family, our guardian, our guide. But then some of them imagined and created ways to control the natural world. This made them feel more powerful and superior to nature, separate from it. The more powerful they felt, the more disconnected from nature they became. And so they began to tell new stories. Stories that normalize domination, control, and the oppression of life. 
about how nature is our slave, there to be captured and exploited. They began to scorch, spoil and suffocate our world. And as they did so, these stories spread and became common sense. They led people to design an economy based on more growth, more greed. Bigger, faster, rushing to be productive at any cost. Making people feel separate, not only from nature, but from each other. In constant competition and conflict, and in people's misguided obedience, these stories became horror stories, ruining our world and our connection to each other. But it doesn't have to go on like this. We can choose to live by different stories. Love stories about interconnection and interdependence. Love stories that measure success by well-being, the well-being of all life, including our own. Love stories that will lead us to redesign our destructive economy, to reconnect and regenerate our relationship with nature and each other. To create a system that doesn't destroy the life we need to live, but supports it, nourishes it and serves it. We all have the power to tell these stories. To once again acknowledge our intimate connection with the vast web of life. Many of us are already telling these stories. Are you? To find out more about these stories and how you can help to tell them, visit stories.life. That's beautifully done, isn't it? It yeah, is absolutely fantastic. I, I, oh, let's, <laughs> let's stop that. Yeah, that's a beautiful um, video. And uh, it leads in very nicely to what well, the main thing we wanted to talk about today, really, which, as Gabby was saying before, is some uh, uh, incredibly exciting news, I hope. I don't like to count, count our chickens before they're hatched, but we've been talking, um, particularly uh, Phil Lorne, who you met a couple of weeks ago uh, on this show, uh, and me, but supported by... Gabby and a whole bunch of other people too in Modern Money Lab to a university called Torrens University about building some global online postgraduate courses which will involve empowering people to tell different stories about the economy, about what our goals should be, about how we should build a more equitable and ecologically sustainable, safe economy in mm. the years to come and about how we move from the economics of the 20th century. And if we're talking about mainstream or neoclassical economics, that was always misleading, sometimes disastrously so, mm. and helped to buttress the neoliberalism of the last 40 years that has led to what, when I was a child, would have seemed like ridiculous levels of inequality as we've pushed further and further beyond our planetary boundaries so that we're now in a, in a, 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 a very dangerous position as far as uh, um, ecological sustainability is, is concerned, to replace yeah. it with yeah. an economics for the 21st century. Um, that's what we want to contribute towards in a small way, and we want to empower other people 
to do that, to, who might uh, study with us um, just out of interest in some cases, but in other cases because they want to make a career out of um, progressive economics, ecological uh, economics, perhaps in uh, not-for-profits, but perhaps also in financial institutions and government in, uh, governments too, because we need... Mm. We need the right kind of economics everywhere, including in policy institutions like uh, the Federal Treasury in the years oh, to come. Absolutely. And, yeah. We need people who understand how things actually work rather than sort of operating in this in this world where um, the, the, uh, the whole system is based on, on equations and, and um, laws that don't actually play out in real life. Not very well, expressing it very well today, but let's put the slides up. If Shane can do that, because last time I tried to do it, it didn't work. Yeah, thanks very much, yeah. Shane. I wonder if I've got control from slide to slide. I do. Yeah, this is what we're going to be uh, aiming to do with uh, Torrens University. I didn't put Torrens on these slides because, um, not on this slide anyway, because we haven't formally signed the agreement yet, but literally less than an hour ago, the draft agreement that the university has said that they are uh, prepared to sign, which we certainly will be prepared to sign as well, came to us in our inboxes. That's how excited yeah. we are. So if, if this seems a little bit yes, unplanned, we've been waiting and a long time. Today, we're almost a long there. Time. Yeah, we started thinking about this. Um, oh, uh, uh, nearly a year and a half ago. Yep. And it's been a very long road. Um, but we're almost there now so that we'll be talking across the year. I'll be talking across the year in all sorts of different places about the um, the subjects that are going to make up these courses. And we'll talk a little bit about them uh, later on, I hope. Uh, even if you're not going to study them yourself, you'll find some of what we've got to say interesting. But it was related to um, the video that Kate Rowers uh, shared. And um, it's kind of related to something that I just, about 20 minutes ago, I read on Twitter where Stephanie Kelton shared an article from someone uh, from the Adam Smith Institute, a neoliberal think mm. tank, where they're advocating privatising the moon. Because oh, they say if yeah, you well, privatise the moon, <laughs> if rich people and corporations come to own the moon, then that somehow will lead to the abolition of global poverty. Well, you know what? If we'd wanted to abolish global poverty, we could have done it years ago. Privatising the moon, uh, chasing uh, another frontier. Um, Do they know how capitalism. ridiculous they sound? Well, to them, they don't sound ridiculous. Of course, the movie Don't Look Up, which I wrote this uh, article on the conversation relating to or about a month ago, uh, was a, a metaphor for the threat of climate change. But in my article, I argue that it's a metaphor for much that's gone wrong mm. with our politics and our economics. We have got ourselves to the point where um, politicians and economists are obsessed about things that uh, either don't matter or are positively destructive to people's well-being. And um, we need to take a step back and think about the type of economics which will help us to build 
a sustainable and equitable future, as I was saying a couple of minutes ago. And that is an economics for the 21st century, not yeah. the 20th century. And I, I like yeah. how you've got got um, Kate's book and Stephanie's book on the same uh, uh sitting alongside each other there and it reminds me as well of that beautiful graphic that's been going doing the rounds on social media where it has mmt as one circle and overlapping it the ecological economics so what needs what needs to be done and how we resource it just kind of connecting closer and closer together and that is like the closest visual image i think of what we're trying to achieve that's very nice of you to say that, Gabby, since I made up that, that picture that's on ah, social media. There we go. Yeah, these, um, these two books overlap a great deal, and which is why I put them both up here. Um, and, yes, it is the overlap between modern monetary theory and ecological economics that our courses are going to focus on and because we don't think that there are any courses anywhere in the world that do this properly at the moment, and we think that there should be. These, and one is not going to help without the other, right? Absolutely right. There's no point understanding the monetary system on a dead planet. And we're not going to be able to do the things that we want to do to build a sustainable and fair future without understanding the monetary system properly and using it um, to that end. So these two books go together a lot. There is a lot in the deficit myth about, um, about uh, climate change and building a fairer future anyway. As you'll know, if you've read it, it's not just about mm. the monetary system. It's very much about the public purpose. Um, and Kate Rower's book also dwells on the public purpose while uh, sharing information with people, as she has been over the, for years now, about the, um, the overwhelming need to address living within our planetary boundaries instead of outside them while there's still time. And these seven ways to think like a 21st century economist, which you might just about be able to see on the screen, they're very small pictures, I'm not going to blow them up or, or anything, are taken from Kate's book. But they're yeah. very important to us in designing the subjects in our courses. Now, I don't want to spend too long on them, otherwise we'll run out of time. But very quick. so good at the visual, isn't she? She's so such a great communicator. Absolutely. And just running through these, I mean, the first point is we talked in our first show about living within the donut. Um, we talked in our first show about the, the just infeasibility of pursuing limitless economic growth forever. I said in our first show, if, if you grow the world economy by 3% a year for 250 years, it'll be a thousand times as big as it is yeah. at the moment. Well, you will have destroyed yeah. all human life before that happens. We need yeah. to live within those nine planetary boundaries that we mentioned in the first show, climate change being just one of them, of course, biodiversity, another, while meeting the needs of that the people have, it, it, that we have to satisfy if they're going to have a good quality of life. That is what being within the ring of the donut is all about. And we need yeah. to use the fiscal space available to monetary sovereign governments like the US government and the Australian government to help drive not only our own societies, but the whole world 
into that safe and uh, equitable yes. ring in the middle of the donor. Yeah. The second point, see the big picture? Economists focus nearly all the time on money and markets to the exclusion of anything else, and they all too often forget that the economy sits within society and society sits within our planetary boundaries, within our ecosystem, drawing materials and energy from our environment, and in the case of energy, of course, eventually from the sun, uh, and creating, as a result of our activities, waste, uh, waste materials and waste energy, which uh, our ecosystem has to absorb. And yeah. we need to start taking that into account, which means we yeah. need to start obeying, which we're not at the moment. Something else we mentioned in the first show, Herman Daly's uh, principles of sustainability. We, we mustn't emit waste more rapidly than our natural environment can absorb. That's the most important one, can safely absorb. And that, of course, is what we're doing at the moment, particularly with carbon dioxide emissions, but not exclusively so. The third point there, um, although behavioural economics uh, or psychology in economics has made some progress um, within the mainstream in the last 40 years, it is still largely excluded from the core model, which treats people as though they are hyper-rational calculating machines who neither care about nor are influenced by other people at all. Whereas, of course, yeah. human beings have always been social animals. We've evolved uh, as social animals for hundreds of thousands, millions of years. We are influenced by other people. We do care yeah. about other people. We can be misled by other people. Our attitudes to other people are influenced by the way in which the public discourse, the way in which politics is framed and the people on the right, the conservatives, have understood this very well for years and years mm. and have manipulated people. They have, by the way, they discuss issues like, oh, I don't know, um, criminal justice or uh, unemployment and welfare. They have influenced the way that enough people develop attitudes towards others to shift elections. And this is how you end up with uh, Donald Trump's or in Australia, Scott Morrison's or in the UK, Boris Johnson's being elected to power in the first place. The next point, we have been conned on that simple demand supply diagram. More demand always means higher prices. That's what that diagram is saying. We've been conned into treating the economy as though it is a very, very simple and stable equilibrium system. When the economy, like whole societies, like our ecosystem, is a complex system with feedback effects and discontinuities and uncertainty that needs to be managed because it can otherwise be unstable. Mm. Um, some people might have heard of Hyman Minsky's uh, story about financial instability in capitalism. Capitalism is unstable upwards. Inherently, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good times make uh, lead people to take bigger and bigger risks, to take on more 
and more debt and influence behavior in banks and in regulators and in governments and amongst economists too, so that we build a more and more fragile system which eventually crashes if we are to avoid that happening with all the consequences of that. And you could mm -hmm. translate almost the same story to climate change, really. It's not just about finance. Then we need to understand the fact that we are living within a complex system and we need an economics to deal with it. Then very quickly, the next two points, design to distribute and create to regenerate. On the left-hand side, you've got two upside-down U-shaped curves. What they suggest, the first of them sometimes called the Kuznets curve, the second one, the environmental Kuznets curve, that if we could only grow our economies, we'd end up with more equal and fairer societies just naturally. So you need to grow the economy first and that will eliminate relative poverty. And similarly, you need to just grow your economy first and automatically that will lead to less pollution and more and sustainability. The, 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 the ridiculousness of that, when you think about that we're already using, what is it, 1.7 times what the planet can provide us with, and in Western countries we're using four times as much, if not more, um, how can you reconcile that with the knowledge that we we live on a finite planet with finite capabilities to support ourselves? Well, you can't. Let, let's bring the slide back again just for a minute, if we can. Um, those two uh, curves, I mean, the first of them was named after Simon Kuznets, who developed the concept of gross domestic product in the first place. He noted after the Second World War that in uh, the richer countries, inequality was falling, but he had no faith in that relationship holding generally or the, the, or the notion that it was increases in GDP which were reducing inequality. And of course, in those richer economies since the mid-1970s, they've continued to grow, but inequality has increased. So again. he if ended up with his name on something that turned out to be more or less a coincidence. Yeah, he wasn't an idiot. He also understood, by the way, that gross domestic product isn't a good measure of well-being. Um, but on the right-hand side there, it says distribute by design. If we want a fairer society, then we need to deliberately create one, yeah. which means ensuring everybody has access to a decent income and employment. It means ensuring people have access to excellent public services and it means doing other things too. There's a variety of things that we need to do in order to eliminate uh, inequality at the top end as far as high incomes and high wealth is concerned, which I, you know, I won't go into here, but there's a wide variety of them. And the Create to Regenerate, Kate Raworth points out, we need to shift much more quickly away from a linear throughput model for economic activity where we just take uh, we take uh, materials from nature and we take minerals from the ground and we use them and we throw them away. We need regenerative agriculture. We need to uh, return carbon to the soil, use low-till methods, change the way we do farming, mm. and we need to avoid waste. And on the right-hand side, it's about a, a circular approach to dealing with what Kate calls technical nutrients or minerals and metals. We need a repair, reuse, refurbish, and recycling economic system. Yeah. This won't eliminate waste. You can never eliminate waste, 
from economic activity, but it will minimize it and it will mm. help us to build a more sustainable future economy. And designing such an economy should be the exciting challenge for young economists in the middle part, the early and middle part of this century. And at the moment, they're not being prepared to do this because of the way they're being trained. Yeah. And the final point there, be agnostic about growth. We need to build an economy where we're not concerned about maximizing economic growth. We're concerned about people having the wherewithal to thrive and not just people having the wherewithal to thrive. We're concerned about nature, about the environment on, on which we depend and of which we are a part to continue to thrive in the future. And those are the seven ways that Kate Rowers talks about um, 21st century economics being different from the 20th century economics. And that is an important element in what Phil Lorne and I are trying to build. Phil. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because yep. um, cool. uh, what Phil is working on is very um, kind of closely aligned to that, isn't it? Yeah, Phil is an ecological economist. He is a pioneer, as we've said before. We mentioned with him uh, th three or four weeks ago of the genuine progress indicator as a superior measure of well-being to GDP, and we'll talk about that with him in more detail at some point in the future. He has written a series of brilliant books and many uh, peer-reviewed papers in, in, in top journals as well on different aspects of ecological economics, and perhaps his greatest book was a book called Resolving the Climate Change Crisis, which came out in 2016. We are drawing mm -hmm. on Phil's work in yeah. these qualifications we're putting together. And we're also drawing on modern monetary theory. And I wrote a book which is much less important than uh, lots of other books on MMT. But nonetheless, I published a book in 2018 called Economics for Sustainable Prosperity. And there's stuff in there on MMT and behavioral economics and inequality that we are going to bring into our new courses as well. And we're also going to draw on a book which uh, Phil and I both contributed to, which was published only last month. That's ridiculously mm. expensive. So I don't recommend people. Yeah, such a pity. Right. So it's so expensive because it's so useful, that book. It is. And it has many great authors, including Will Steffen, who's one of the people that uh, designed the um, planetary boundaries framework that I was mentioning before. Mm, famous climate scientist. Steve, Steve Keane has a chapter in there, too, that people, people may have heard, of course, of Steve Keane, very famous. Uh, economist, he wrote a chapter about the failures of the IPCC process and the role that economics has, has played in mm. those failures down the years. Yeah. It's ideas from both of these sides that we are building into the qualifications that here it is with Torrens University, we hope to be offering online globally um, from September this year. Yeah. Um, so this be, is. This is so exciting because it's really happening. You know, we, we keep, we've been talking about it for such a long time and here it is in sort of black and white and we can, you know, we can start creating these materials, we can start planning how we're going to deliver them. It's just such a thrill to be able to do this. Yeah, if I 
I may say to people, I mean, you might be wondering why we're talking to you about this. This has been so hard to do. It is so hard to get universities to consider offering new qualifications in modern monetary theory. So hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even now, it shouldn't be because we've been proved right on so many things, but it still is. Uh, it, It also so hard to um, get uh, them to uh, think about uh, a, a course with ecological economics and MMT in. So we have been talking for a long time to Torrens University, and I'm enormously grateful to them for uh, talking to us about this and giving us the opportunity to put these courses together, which, as I said, will be available hopefully from September for people from all over the world. Unfortunately, at least until we get more funding, uh, there will be few, if any, free places. But um, in terms of US dollars, the cost of doing a a subject with us will be uh, a current exchange rate, a little bit more than $2,000 ago. Um, We'll run courses, we'll run the subjects across trimesters. We'll have three trimesters a year. Uh, If somebody was coming in with, if you've got a degree in anything or if you've got something that we can recognise as equivalent to a degree, uh, you don't need a degree in economics, indeed. Some of these subjects, (laughs) for some of these subjects, it's not a help. You'll be starting from scratch, basically. That's right. Um, If you just wanted to do a graduate certificate, I'm not going to talk about the whole thing, you'd need to do four subjects. You. And two of those subjects would have to be the first two. Phil will be designing that first subject, Foundations of 21st Century Economics. He'll be starting from the ecosystem, from the natural world. He'll be talking about people as they are. There'll be behavioural economics in there. He'll be talking about businesses as they are run, as they set prices. That's not the neoclassical story at all. And there'll Mm. be a little bit of MNT in there. And the second subject, modern money, institutions and markets, will be a similar internationalised version to the introduction to MMT, which I used to teach at the University of Adelaide and where if somebody wants to go to the top of my Twitter page, the videos from that course are freely available. They won't be exactly the same because it'll be a global course and I'll be drawing a little bit more on uh, Randall Ray's uh, Modern Money Primer than I would have done for a course based uh, on Australia. If you wanted to get a graduate certificate, you'd need to do those two. And you'd need to do two other subjects uh, between number three and number 10. So you could choose to specialise in ecological economics. There is a subject called ecological economics, and you could learn all about the GPI and other sustainable prosperity indicators if you wanted to. If you wanted to specialise in macroeconomics and finance you could do that you could do the macroeconomics course you could do the international finance course but you'll notice you can't get the graduate certificate in economics and sustainability without doing foundations of 21st century economics which has a large dollop of ecological economics in it and you can't get that graduate certificate if you're going down the ecological economics route without passing modern money institutions and markets that's right. So, so that, that's how we make sure that the two fields are interwoven and interconnected. 
Absolutely. So we are going to be working like mad things. Uh, having uh, we are, but we we will be so inspired by actually getting the opportunity to offer this. And um, we should also say that it's not something that you have to be in Australia for. We want people from all over the world. We've already had people from Indonesia contacting us, New Zealand, the US, obviously, Scotland. Um, we'll have we'll be having um, working out our timetable so that it suits you wherever you are in the world. We'll have tutorials that you can come along to, and all this all the course materials will be 100% online. And the uh, the other innovation, as far as Australian universities are concerned, Australian students will pay exactly the same as international students. There's not going to be any discrimination with as far as that's concerned. If we get reasonable student numbers over time and we end up with some money, then in time, um, we'll be able to. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll give people scholarships to come and, and, and do the course. But initially, yeah. um, we're starting with uh, no money behind us really uh, 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 or not very much and Phil and I initially will be working on this project full-time and genuinely for zero pay. Uh, hopefully at some point in the future that <laughs> will change otherwise we'll be in trouble but we're going to devote the next year of our lives to getting this up and running properly because what we want to demonstrate to universities in Australia and around the world is that you can build and successfully run postgraduate courses in the economics that we need for the 21st century to build the kind of future that we need to build, which is ecologically sustainable and equitable as well. And we want also to take doctoral students too, and a particular area that we would like people to um, who are properly qualified to think about there is maybe working with Phil on uh, genuine progress indicator accounts for the countries that you come from because there's not nearly enough GPI research or research yeah. into sustainability yeah. indicators out there and that yeah. is particularly since we've got Phil working with us a strength and these are some of the people that have helped us so far you know stephanie stephanie is a a, a a consultant for modern money lab i should say an unpaid consultant mm -hmm. for modern money lab and we hope she's going to be connected with us at torrens too once we get this up and running similarly yeah. fadel everybody knows fadel on top right hand side there he like stephanie has been very helpful and is an unpaid consultant for modern money lab Phil Lorne is the guy at the top left-hand side who is sort of my partner in crime as far as these courses are concerned. And then the people at the bottom, I'd just like to give them a mention. The guy bottom left, we'd like to interview on this show before very long. Con Michelakis yes. is one of the him. leading personalities in finance in Australia. Uh, Con actually interviewed Warren Mosler on a, 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 a um, webcast in he Australia did, yeah. either last year or the year before. He is the chief investment officer of one of the most important financial institutions in our state and has been so very, very helpful and uses MMT in his work. Yep. Elaine Stead in the middle there is another leading uh, finance personality in Australia and also a research chemist. 
So she has a, the back kind of background in science, which means she has a very firm grasp of the ecological limits of economic activity and our need to be to live sustainably in the future. And we on the bottom right hand side is someone called Damien Scanlon, who will be very helpful in advising us in terms of promoting our courses, because, of course, we're going to need to do that. He used to be in charge of MBA courses at my old university, the University of Adelaide, and has been incredibly generous with his time as well. My debt to these people, and particularly to my co-presenter, Gabrielle Bond, is enormous and something that I will never be able to repay, assuming that we get this off the ground, which we will do, assuming that we get the agreement signed in no, the next week or two. I think all of us are here for the reasons that you said before. We're we're not about trying to, um, you know, make a. We're not in it for the fame. We're not in it for the money. We're in it because we genuinely want to be able to promote this new way of thinking, this correct way of thinking about economics, and teach a whole new generation of students. That who will then go out into the world and help try and change paradigms and help make change the way decisions are made. And the flow on effects could be huge and could be, you know, what is needed to turn this ship around. And you that's never why, know. yeah, that's why I'm here. That's yeah. why you're here, Stephen. And the, the people who you put up on the screen, they're with us, totally behind what we're trying to do. You, you, you never know with, with a complex system when a small cause could have a big effect. And that's what we hope. At the bare minimum, Phil and I both see this as something which, as we get a little bit older, we'd like to leave behind us. Something that doesn't exist at the moment, which is worth doing. And uh, I'm so enthusiastic about it. We haven't signed the agreement, but we did this morning from the university tomorrow morning, your time, if you're in America, get the agreement, uh, a draft agreement emailed to us, which I hope we will be able to sign before very long. Uh, we hope the university will anyway. Uh, and I'm very grateful to um, a gentleman called Greg, I won't give him his second name, at the university, mm -hmm. who's been, in case he watches it, who's been in incredibly helpful with us yeah. as, as, as we've gone through the whole process and um, well we've used up the half an hour and with we an certainly answer, have. So before we finish first of all who uh should people contact if they want to find out more information gabby or how should they contact? So about our courses um you can connect with us up on twitter um i'm at gabby bond g-a-b-i-e gabby bond and stephen is at stephen hale a-u-s Make sure you spell Stephen with a V and Hale is H-I-A-I-L if you're just listening to the audio only. Um, connect with us on Twitter if you're on Twitter. You can email us at info at modernmoneylab, all one word, .org.au and we'll, that will come straight through to me and I'll respond to you and I'll send you more information about our courses and we'll keep you on our list. We would love to hear from you if you're thinking about um, studying ecological economics and MMT with us. Um, you can do a little or a lot. You can start whenever we, we will, well, hopefully we'll be able to offer 
at least initial offering from September this year, which is actually really, really soon if you think about it. Um, yeah, so please don't hesitate. Get in touch. We'll have a chat with you and tell you more um, and we'll keep you on the list for further info as it comes to hand. And we'll probably um, mention this a few times uh, uh, over the, the weeks to come as well. Let's take a look yeah. back at Randy. Randy's picture yes. was on that last slide, but just before we finish. So, next so week. Randy is our guest next week. Yeah, next week uh, uh, we will talk to, I hope, somebody that I've had many phone conversations with down the years who is a fantastic guy. The Guardian is the world's leading progressive newspaper. And the chief leader writer on The Guardian is somebody with a very firm grasp of monetary theory who often talks to Stephanie Kelton, Randy Ray, Warren Mosler, Bill Mitchell, and sometimes when their phones are engaged, will talk to me um, as well. Such a nice man, Randeep. Uh, if you've ever read anything from The Guardian, which is pro-MMT on the internet, you can bet Randeep will have written, written it. So we'll ask him about that. We'll ask him about what it's like being uh, a, a journalist uh, on a leading newspaper where the newspaper itself is not necessarily a pro-MMT newspaper and you're writing um, pro-MMT or MMT-informed articles. So that should be really interesting. He's always a lovely guy to chat to and Randy will be with us next week. Next week. And then yeah. Gabby wants to tell you a little bit yeah. about Kerberos Media Productions. Yeah, so just before we sign off today, um, would really like to thank Shane and the team at KRTD Media, now rebranded to Kerberos Media Productions, which is very exciting, and just tell you a bit about... Um, the new uh, lineup, which are, which will be MMT MM MM Tuesdays, which is um, well, it's actually Wednesdays for us, but doesn't have quite the same ring. But very exciting. MM Tuesdays will be starting up in March on Kerberos Media Productions. So we're looking at solid blocks of MMT shows every Tuesday, including our show Modern Money Donuts, MMT and the Public Purpose with Joe Firestone and Lisa Theobald. And also a new show with Rocco Million activist MMT with Jeff Epstein, monthly MMT panels and interviews with economists, academics, and lots of different MMTers. So economics focused on focus, oh, economics focused news for the daily news show that day, and pop up live streams throughout the day, all about MMT. So that's fantastic. Thanks very much, Gabby. And I think that's about all from us this week. Yep, and we'll see you, see week, you next week with, with Randy. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next Thanks. time.